Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome listeners to episode 131 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, where too much talking of pets is barely enough. Assuming my internet keeps working this time like it didn't the last time we pressed record, I am Dr. Robbie Anderton, and the man who was trying to keep uh, everything going and decided that we'd restart it so he doesn't have to do any editing, it's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? Good, mate. I'm going well, Robbie. It's, uh, it's been a long time coming this episode, hasn't it? It's late. Ah. It's, it's Sunday afternoon. We're struggling. You're busy. Uh, we've all got stuff on. So uh, good you finally made it, mate. How's your week, man? Uh, yeah, yeah. So had a um, had an. Uh, well, we've been absolutely flat out this week. We've had um, people calling in sick and just crazy, crazy times. But we had an interesting phone call on Monday. We had a phone call from the uh, the DHHS. Oh dear. Um, yes. Oh, that's so, that's, that's um, the Department of Health, Health and Human Services. Ooh, so they're the. Is it is that the one that takes your kids away because you you've been naughty? You've uh, oh, you've, I, you've you've you've. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say there, but yeah, yeah. I I think that was their, their main brief, but now they're the Gestapo when it comes to um, COVID related things. So yes. So we had a, um, uh, got the phone call on Monday that uh, one of our clients the week before tested positive to COVID. (gasps) And um, as part of the, the outbreak that was around the, the Chadston area. And and that we got flagged as one of their potential contacts because uh, they brought their dog to the vet the week before back when, they were asymptomatic. Did they bring in the the uh, the big um, the big meat tray, mate? The the uh, the sausages from the butcher, the butcher in Chatty. Was that it? The- well, unfortunately, not because it wouldn't have been bad to get a nice uh, a nice mixed grill going on the <laughs> on the, on the Tuesday night there. But uh, no, so it was interesting. So wow. the um, so we had to have. Um, so I'm in the middle, you know, uh, wrist deep in a in a dog's tummy doing a spay, yes. and um, and the practice manager comes in saying. So I just got off the phone from the DHHS. I've gone, yeah. Uh, yeah, one of the clients that we saw last week uh, has just tested positive for COVID and we've been flagged as a possible contact. Right. Uh, and she said, so I ran through with them everything that we've been doing, all the protocols and everything. And she said, you're fine. We're all good. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So the Impressive. fact that we were able to have um, the that the client doesn't come into the consult room, yeah. that we weren't in an enclosed space. I, I was the vet that, that saw them um, uh, and completely asymptomatic. And they said, well, you don't have to go and get tested. But um, because there were, could have been a chance that the clinic could have then come up as a potential place where the positive tester had been, yep. um, I went and got tested so that if it did come up, I could say, I tested negative. So I was the only yep. person from the clinic that had contact and I'm fine. And yep. I was, so I had to go and get another, uh, another COVID oh, test no. but, um, oh, nice. because I had to go from work this time. I was still wearing my scrub top yes. because the last time when I went um, and my GP said, see if you can get on as a class A citizen. Uh, you know, so like a healthcare worker, yep. so you can get your results back quickly. And so I tried it and, didn't really work um, and felt like I got the swab stuck, you know, halfway up the back of my cranium. Um, so this a little, time little I, extra for, for trying to be a scammer, so to say. Just an extra couple of inches, you know, <laughs> you know, just get right up in there. Oh yeah. yeah um, right. So, uh, so, um, so this time I've gone in there with the scrub top and as soon as I've walked up, they've gone, 
oh, so you're a healthcare worker. And I've gone, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a vet, you know, so you're a doctor. I go, well, yeah, I'm an animal doctor. He's gone, oh, well, look, well, I'm not sure whether or not inside they'll, they'll call you a healthcare worker, but I'll just write it down on your little ticket. So I've walked in there with my ticket and they've gone, oh, you're a healthcare worker. Didn't say no. I just <laughs> smiled. No, hi not, guys. Not in smile yes. long. Yeah. I, I work in healthcare, not necessarily human. And so I think this time, because they mustn't have been thinking that I was trying to pull one over them, I, I, the, the, the swab only just went in a, what felt like a more normal amount up the nose, Lewis. Wow. Didn't feel like it was going right up the back of the, yeah, right up the back of the cranium. Didn't feel like they got any CSF, CSF on that one. Just a little tickle around the edge of the, the nostrils, you reckon there, mate? That's all it was. That was all it needed. So, um, so that was so that's my week, mate. Been busy, and I got to have another COVID test. Wow, there you go, fantastic, mate. Well, this week for me's been. I mean, there's not much, not much news been happening this week really at all. I mean, oh man, you would. Is it, no, there's no news this week. Mate, hang on. Hey, can you hear me, Lewis? Lewis, are you, has the internet dropped out again? Hang on. Yeah, you're cutting in and out, mate. You're cutting oh. in and out. I know. I can hear you. And you can hear me. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because I can't. If you just keep jumping in and out. Keep jumping out a little bit. I think it's... Yeah, no, no. I'm not, not picking up anything there, wow, mate. mate. Hang on. Hang on. Let, 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 let me just uh, uh, adjust my annoying arsehole filter on here. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, you can't say that. Oh, hang on. Oh, you want me to go Sorry, again, mate? mate. You had trouble hearing that? Come on, mate. I thought we're trying to keep this tight. I can see the girls warming up in the background. <laughs> we're, we're, uh, just, to, just to let our listeners know, um, you know, g- given that given that football season's over for all intents and purposes, uh, they were just look, looking forward to looking forward to watching those mighty Melbourne Vixens hopefully bring it home in the Super Netball today. It's disappointing so. that the season's over for you, mate. I mean, you put in a good show, Collingwood, did you? Or, oh, hang on. Mm, all right. Anyway, so next week, next week, there's more footy. I, I think Collingwood. I think Collingwood took in a nice show because they certainly didn't turn up to the ground. <laughs> Hopefully whichever version of Pirates of the Penzance was that they, they actually turned up to rather than the game. I hope they enjoyed it. Anyway. Well, anyway, um, well, I'll tell you what. Next Saturday, mate, we won't be recording because... Yeah. Yeah, we're going to keep this tight, weren't we? But, yeah, we were, we were trying to keep it tight there. <laughs> I was wondering whether or not you're going to try and sneak it in if we're trying to keep it tight, but that's all right. <laughs> A, a nice five and a half minutes is probably just about what, what, what we needed. So that's there's, all, mate. There's you no way. Moment. There's have no way moment. I'm going to sneak it in at all. <laughs> Not at all. No, no. <laughs> all right. Uh, anyway, no, cool. my week has been good. We actually had an uh, interesting um, uh, client come this way. Everyone's back getting their grooming done. And, uh, yes. Uh, I've seen a, quite a few. Actually, it seems like people waiting for grooming. I'm seeing more and more of the cake poo around the bottom or you know, oh, this yes. or that. We actually had a little dog come in, uh, uh, a Westie come in this week uh quick phone call oh it's been it's been snipped at the uh, at the groomers you know middle lunchtime you know nurses sort of yeah lewis do you think you know it's 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 bleeding from its ear went bring it straight in straight in yeah yeah no worries yep. was it a bloodbath yeah. yeah well so bring brought it in um you know westy white dog uh bring bring in we've got small concert rooms they're not probably not really covert size but anyway quite small dogs come in and i've sort of opened the sliding door and just have opened the door Somehow the dog hadn't been bleeding, but it's flicked its head. Oh, and nice. You would not believe Dexter the blood splatter. It was incredible. So we've got yeah. white walls and they were just caked in it. I've just, and the owner, owner as well, like all over his face, like all over his shirt, everything. And I had a shirt on. I've gone, 
I'm just going to get a scrub top and I'll be back in a minute. So I've just shut the sliding door. <laughs> it's not bleeding out. It's just flicked a good splatter everywhere. Yes. Got a scrub top on, gone in. The owner's name, he didn't know. He was just covered in blood all over his face. <laughs> splatter everywhere. It sounds terrible. It wasn't that bad. Dog, white dog, of course, covered in blood. Yes. Um, a splatter and uh, quickly gone in there, you know, put, put a swab on there, pinched it off, kind of held it off and, and wrapped, wrapped its head in a, in a nice tight, sort of bandage but then then of course we had the process of having to clean up the room afterwards and gee whiz you, you can tell why the, the mafia put up those plastic sheets and 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 cover the floor in plastic because whoa it was it was quite a cleanup you know me and the nurse just in there scrubbing elbow grease just all over the walls over the floor everywhere and and even sort of doing the next consult i was still sort of looking at spots yep there's a spot i missed there there's a spot, <laughs> there's a spot i missed there it was just uh it was it was incredible so Did and and they, and really hard because you know then then the um, you know, we, we gave the dog a little sedative so he wouldn't, you know, start moving around so much, perhaps drop his blood pressure a little bit, had left the bandage on and rechecked it in a couple of hours to put a more secure bandage on. Of course, as soon as you take it off, flicked his head and bang, was start bleeding again. Back so, to square one. Yeah. So yeah, put a bandage on and uh, I saw him on Saturday. Bandage was still in place. I said, look, let's leave it another three or four days. You know, yeah, let's, right. let's try and get to a week if we can, if we can, and, and then we'll slowly peel it off and see what we find underneath. Yeah, the um, the, you didn't think about calling in the um, the the poli- you know, Vic Police uh, Crime Crime Services Division, you know, because our uh, crime scene services, because I'm sure they've got some uh, magic little chemical for helping to try and get all the blood off. Well, yeah, we were saying it was a cleaning up. Wouldn't want to be a crime scene uh, cleaner as as they are, the trauma cleaner. Wouldn't wouldn't yeah. want to do that. That's a, that's a big job. But um, we the thing I only disappointed about is we didn't get a photo before we cleaned it. It was it would have made a great uh, podcast oh, really? cover. Just- because it just comes out everywhere, doesn't it? They're, uh, you know, they're just the amount of uh, the amount of blood that can come out of a small ear. And Westies, they're not huge. No, they don't have a they don't have a lot of uh, a, a lot of uh, big. Uh, imagine happening to a basset. Just you need you need a dinghy. Yeah. Well, you think about when a dog comes out of the water. You know, it's been been for a swim, and the the shake you get and the big plume of water you can get with that. Well, it's kind of like that, I guess. Imagine that red. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we had a. Um, uh, an interesting thing during the week, I had a, um, uh, or last week actually, I had a sexed a, um, a young puppy that had all of its baby canines. So yep. I had to take all the canines out. And because the owner, you know, we, we didn't actually, we spoke to the owners, we didn't get a chance to say, look, do you want the teeth? So we held on to the teeth. So I went and discharged the dog and I said, look, did you want the teeth back? Because some people want them, some people don't. Yep. They said, no, 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 we're not interested. Because we're consulting outside, I put them in my back pocket. Somehow they ended up in my wallet. And so then the next day, right, I'm at, I'm, at the, I'm at the bakery buying myself a roll for lunch and I've gone to pull out my wallet to pay. I've opened up my wallet and out of flown, out flown this little plastic bag with four little, four little dogs, baby, he landed straight on the counter. Oh, and lady's gone. What's that? I said, uh, yeah, you don't, you don't take down payments for the tooth fairy, do you? You know, with that. Just wondering. Oh, you just want normal cash? Yeah, I just, yeah. Clever. Can't Clever. cash your baby teeth. Pop, Hard pop to. this under your pillow tonight, and you and you get paid for the bread. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that is that legal, legal currency? Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. All righty. Well, big thank you to uh, Zilkin, uh, supporters of the podcast. Uh, mild anxiety, lowering medication. Uh, I had a. Uh, I had a cat this week that's uh, that's doing some a little bit of fear aggression that I put on some Zilkeen. So um, certainly, certainly something we use really often at the clinic. Uh, little Mister side, uh, no side effects, um, and uh, and very safe, safe for travel too. I've, I've got quite a few animals now that 
it seems like borders are starting to open up for travel for pets. And so I'm putting a lot of pets that are flying um, yes. and traveling, traveling around onto Zilkeen. I've just started a, um, started a little Dacky on it because his owner's um, just been drafted to the Gold Coast Sun. So, um, right. so, so he's going to have to go up there with her. So, uh, so we're using Zilkeen for that. Very, very nice. Yeah. And also a big thank you to, to Delicate Care. Uh, those guys, the Australian made, um, Australian owned, uh, all, all the way from Perth. Um, anxiety, uh, not anxiety, but great foods. I'm a bit distracted by the netball, trying to work out when it's, <laughs> when it's going to start. But thank you very much to those guys. Great food, guys. Get on top of them. Made from uh, uh, all Australian ingredients. Um, Get around them and on top of them. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, a little bit, you got any, uh, a little bit of news this week, mate, um, that, uh, that I thought I might just bring up. Go for it. Yeah, no, my internet's yeah. just dropped out again. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay, yeah. so that's it for the news this week. The Tigers right. are into the grand final. So, uh, uh, did, did we thank our Patreon subscribers? Oh, no, we didn't. Thank Good you very point. much to the Patreon subscribers. Yes. And if and if you'd like Lewis to shove his Tigers theme sign up, up his bum, then uh, make sure you write to him this week so that way he doesn't have to play it next week. Or if he, if uh, Geelong get up and win, then don't worry, everyone, I'll play the Geelong theme song just to rub it in. We it. won't be recording. We're going to record Friday before it, so I can <laughs> so I can just play okay, this. A commiseration day for you, you reckon? How, how about we record on Friday, and then that way you can still live in the uh, live in the dream that uh, that it's still gone okay. It, it sounds like a good plan. It sounds like <laughs> we did get an email this week from from Decal Gal. Oh, hey, yes. Dr. Lewis and Dr. Robbie, just want to jump in and say hi. I've been thoroughly enjoying the podcast and the bonus podcast as well. Thank you and look forward to many more. But it'd be really good if we'd hear more about Richmond Football Club and less about Collingwood. And also if Deb did some more uh, episodes, uh, perhaps with Lewis or, or on a well, you you, 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 Deb can do it with you next week when you're playing there, when you've just got the theme song going on in the background <laughs> and you play it that much, then you end up uh, ha- having to pay Spotify about 400 bucks what? in, uh, in royalties. Oh, this theme song. Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure that's the one. It, it gets funnier and funnier every time. It's excellent. <laughs> Trust me, the listeners, they are laughing their heads off. mate. Oh, just, so much. We're all so about much. comedy. It's all about content and comedy. Yeah. Excellent. And uh, actually, this week we get a lot of fledglings at work. I don't know if you are, mate. A lot of little burby birds. Yeah, not at the moment. Yeah, we're getting a heap, absolute yeah. heap, and uh, and it's all over the Facebook pages, certainly for the Port Melbourne area. And big thing I want to just say to people: if you've got that little baby bird that's sitting in your backyard or you find in a certain spot. Don't bring it. Please don't bring it into the vet clinic. I mean, it's all nice. You're trying to do the right thing. Just need to make it safe so it can't get, you know, if you've got a dog or a cat, lock the dog or the cat inside so they can't get out to the the back. Trust me, mum or dad will be looking after them. As long as they don't seem obviously injured, you know, they haven't got a sore leg or they've got a a, a dicky wing or something like that. Um, Mum and dad will be around looking after them and feeding them. Leave them be. If you can, uh, you can Google uh, a baby bird uh, bucket, um, which is about putting a, a bucket up in a tree with some holes in it. Um, you know, elevate it up so that, so that it's like a nest. You put the baby bird in that, it's off right. the ground. Um, or some people actually use a colander, you know, colander like you strain your... Oh, yes, yes. You strain your pasta in, you know, just tie that up in a tree somewhere. Um, and then when it rains, the baby bird won't drown as well. Oh, that's um, what I was thinking. I, yep. I figured that's what the holes in the buckets were for. Yep. So then that way you're not sort of, uh, you know, water torture and this thing. You know? I mean, it's bad enough that they can't fly, especially the damn thing can't swim either. But if it's a duck, you could probably wouldn't put holes in it because the duck would be okay, a little duckling. But anyway, so apart from the fact that the baby duck's going to be in this bucket that's just going to fill up and then he's going to fall out of a tree that he's not supposed to have been in anyway. <laughs> so it is, it is really important though. If you've got those fledglings, just, just leave them be. Mum, it's springtime here. 
Um, you know, mum and dad are looking after them and often feeding them on the ground. Um, and don't, don't bring them to the vet because uh, often, yes, we can find wildlife carers sometimes, but sometimes we can't. And, and the best chance they've got is actually leaving them in their environment, safe from predators, um, and, and give them a chance to, um, to, to, to fly away. So there you go, 100%. Mate. Leave them at home. That's the best thing to do. Exactly. Cool. Um, do you want to head on to the disclaimer? Yeah, sure. Cool. All advice on this show is generally nature. So please uh, uh, consult your veterinarian before following advice for your pet. Do our best to provide the most up-to-date information as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing. Please let us know if you missed anything or if you need any clarification. Uh, time for a quick break. Hey, Robbie, I'd love to give a shout out to our friends at PetSure for their awesome free webinar series. Yeah, man, I heard about those. Aren't they called Pause and Learn, as in P-A-W-S? <laughs> I see what you did there. Oh, mate, there's nothing like a good acronym. It got your attention. <laughs> it certainly did, mate. But seriously, the PetSure webinars cover some amazing topics, though. They sure do. There's one on COVID-19 and pets, very topical, and essential viewing for all concerned pet parents in this COVID-19 world. Indeed, mate, and for vets as well. Oh, you're absolutely right. There's also another one called Setting Up Your New Pet for Success. And here's one that's really important, Helping Pets Avoid Separation Anxiety. That'd be right in your wheelhouse, wouldn't it? Oh, mate, love that. Anything on behaviour, that's absolute gold. Oh, mate, it's all gold, gold, gold for pet sure, yeah. And you know they're presented by PetSure's Chief Vet, Dr. Danny Hulhan, friend of the podcast, and also they have a range of other pet experts for each topic, so you know you're getting the good stuff. Oh, mate, that sounds great. So to learn more about these webinars or to register, visit petsure.com.au slash webinars. Registration is free, but spots are limited, and since we've just registered, two less... So make sure you secure your spot today. Oh, T's and C's apply. Visit petshaw.com.au for more information. All right, welcome back, guys. Now, Robbie, you've got a, you had a little webinar during the week on desexing. Is that right? Yes, yes. So um, we've spoken. You know, this is this still fits quite nicely, Lewis, into our um, you know the the COVID puppies and COVID kittens uh, you know series. Yeah. Uh, of when because you know, one of the questions that we often talk to, or we often get asked is when should I desex my pet? Now, one of the things I think we really try and strive to do in this podcast is try and take complex things and try and break them down to try and make them be as simple as possible. So what I thought I'd do is just completely change that on its ear and take something that. Could could otherwise be and has always been fairly simple and make it almost uh, unbearably complicated. So, oh, hang on. Are you talking about this again? No, that's very, very simple, mate. That is simply terrible. Uh, the um, the so back when back in the black and white days when Lewis and I graduated, it was basically just that. Any, any dog, any cat, desex them at six months. No questions asked. Doesn't matter the size or anything like that. Just get them done. Yep. Um, then there was a period of time where uh, a lot of people were doing juvenile desexing. So desexings at, you know, much younger, even before their, uh, before their rehome or before they go to their, for their forever home. So like at, you know, eight weeks, 10 weeks, yeah. 12 weeks. I think the push there was from the, 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 uh, from, uh, uh, from the pounds and that sort of thing. So there would be puppies and kittens be out there and possibly some breeders as well. Didn't want their genetic material carried on uh, in outside of their breeding environment. 
I, I think I think a lot of it was yeah the breeding as well the breeders as well because yeah uh, uh, um, uh, looking after their financial investment you yes. know when pe- when people have paid uh, like the, the link you sent through to me ten thousand yeah. dollars for a cavoodle um, you know there's a pretty good chance that those uh, is anyone paying ten thousand dollars for a puppy you know think you know what maybe I wouldn't mind a little bit of that yes you know? um, yes so what age should we de sex the cavoodle mate. Yeah. Oh, so um, that's the difficult part, right? Oh. So, so while previously we've always said desex at six months, things have gotten a lot more murky now, and unfortunately, not necessarily like murky for the better from the per- point of view of making sure that we're making the right decision for when to desex the pet, but not necessarily for being able to make the decision in the first place, <laughs> right? So, so to give everyone a little bit of techno jargon as far as what happens when we desex animals, basically what we're doing is we're trying to, or the, the standard ways, I guess, in which we do it is with males, castration, so taking away the testicles, which means that you're not only taking away the sperm-producing um, sperm organ, but you're also taking away the hormone-producing part of the testicles as well. Same with when we're, uh, when we're doing ovariohysterectomies or spaying in females, is we're taking away the ovaries. Taking away the ovaries to try and stop them from being able to produce follicles, which the follicles turn into babies, but also then taking away the hormones. Now, the issue is is that there's a pretty complex feedback mechanism there of signals that come from the brain that go to the ovaries and the testicles to try and make them go through their cycles and to produce um, uh, sperm. But then the hormones that those, um, that those uh, organs, the testicles and the ovaries produce, then go back up to block that, um, the production of those hormones again from the brain. So it's this neat little feedback loop. So if you don't have enough hormones coming from your sex organs, then your brain goes, oh, we need some sex hormone or we need the, our organs need to do some sexy stuff. So let's produce the hormones. When we castrate and when we spay, we're taking those hormone producing organs away, which mean the brain just runs rampant at producing these, um, the stimulating uh, hormones that come from the brain because there's no feedback. Now, the reason why this starts to get interesting and murkies up the water is that what they're starting to find is that there is an upregulation of those hormone receptors in places around the body different organs um you know in in blood vessels uh in bladders um in bone all all over the place they're finding the upregulation of these receptors and what they're starting to wonder is right well what effect are these uh is the stimulation of these receptors that aren't normally there having on the dog's bodies and so what that means is that you know there's a lot of research being done into is desexing going to increase the risk of cancers? Is it going to have effects on um, on growth? Is it going to have effect on um, on you know different behaviours and hair coats and all that sort of stuff? And the answer is quite possibly. And so what that means is that our standard thing of saying desex every dog at six months, it's just not that simple anymore. Yeah, right. Yeah, it certainly, certainly, there's a lot of complexity been added now. There's been some some studies, haven't there, that that have um, that have really sort of turned things around a little bit and just changed our way of thinking, like you're talking about. Yeah. So, um, the I guess the the difficult part now. I mean, st- first part is when to when to desex because I think desexing is still a good idea because one of the main reasons for desexing is to try and eliminate unwanted. Uh, pregnancies and so therefore not ending up with 
huge numbers of uh, of unwanted dogs and filling up the um, you know the yeah, got to got to make sure those breeders can keep on selling those ten thousand mm. dollar cavoodles, yes. um, but also making sure that uh, yeah we're not getting unwanted dogs going into um, into shelters and things like that. Um, so when are we going to desex? So when's the timing of it? But also. How are we going to desex them? What's going to be the actual procedure that we're going to do? Is it going right. to be the same standard going in and, and taking out the testicles, or do you go and do a um uh, do a, a vasectomy, or instead of doing an ovariohysterectomy, do we go in and do um just an ovariectomy and actually leave the uterus behind? You know, because if there's no sex hormones there, well then the uterus might not actually cause that much of a problem. Then wow, do you do you wait? Uh, do you get them before they have their season or do you wait until after they've had a season? And what are the benefits and, and risks of doing that sort of stuff? So um, yeah, it was a, it was a pretty um, yeah, sort of thought provoking webinar um, to try and make us all sort of sit back and think and go, right, you know, do we need to be actually giving people more nuanced advice depending on what the owner wants and what, you know, what are the potential risks going to be going forward for the dogs? Yeah, right. So that talk was by a specialist, wasn't it? A reproductive specialist. And did, Correct. did, did they give any, he or she give any sort of guidelines of, of their thoughts on what they're doing at their place or any, any ideas? Yes. Yes. So the, um, his, uh, his sort of standard approach for, um, so, uh, D sex uh, three months after the first season for female dogs. Wow! Um, so so let them have their first season. A couple yes. of reasons for that: um, the uh, to try and help to eliminate the infantile um, involuted vagina. You know that when you see the little um, the little yes. girl dogs where they've got the the increased skin around the vulval fold. He reckon most reckons most of the time one season, and that will um, sort of have that vulva pop out of uh, pop out and get in the right spot. Interesting. Or or maybe two, you know, maybe two might, might get it there. Um, also because then it means that the animals are probably going to have more of a chance of being able to uh, be fully, uh, fully grown and fully mature um, as far as from a musculoskeletal point of view, because the, the sex hormones, the estrogens and testosterones help to try and close over the, uh, the growth plates. So desexing too early means that then you might get longer bones than what you otherwise would have done, which may then increase your chances of having uh, uh, joint issues. Right. Um, so yeah, for the, for the female dogs, he was saying doing them at um, three months after their first season. Um, he was also talking about the use of um, the, what's called a, a GNRH agonist. So that's the, um, the, the chemical sterilization implant that we have for male dogs yes. to stop them from being able to produce sperm actually using that to try and help to counteract these um, because that's going up and blocking the receptors in the brain. You're not getting these hormones coming out in the body. So you, even if you've got those receptors still being upregulated around the body, you're not going to be getting that hormone coming out and hitting those. So it's kind of like almost using it like as a protective mechanism. So that's before desexing for females or after or no after desexing. Right. So so after you've desexed them, so you go in there, you'll desex the um the female dog. Without uh, if you desex them, you're going to have the um again here comes the techno jargon. You're going to have the GnRH coming from the pituitary, um or from the hypothalamus, then the LH coming from the pituitary. That LH, that luteinizing hormones, then going around the body and potentially causing the problems. Right. So you use these implants to block the GnRH 
to block the LH from yeah, coming right. out. Oh wow! Yeah, so That's so it's technical. like so it's it's so it's off label. So yeah, apologies for the techno jargon for everyone. Um, but using that as this way of still desexing the dog, so you're not getting the unwanted pregnancies, but then trying to protect yourself against these other effects of these hormones. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and so male dogs, male dogs uh, talking about the same. And the other interesting thing, just to throw in too. Talking about um, the sphincter mechanism incompetence in female dogs. Yeah. So, yep. When they're desexed early or at certain times, um, then as they get older, they get like a, what we call Spain consonants where they, um, you know, it seems to be hormone responsive. They dribble urine. We're not really sure the mechanism necessarily. Mm. Um, so, yeah, yeah. It's a common thing we see, particularly so, bigger dogs. Yep. So what they're thinking is that they're getting an upregulation in those, um, in that, in those LH receptors in the bladder. Right. And that that's the reason why these female dogs are being, um, are being incontinent. So our hormone therapies that we've given them, they're not actually working on the bladder tissue. They're actually working on the brain and stopping those hormones from coming out of the brain. Oh, wow. So what they're talking about there, that 50% of these female dogs will respond to this, um, to this implant, implant that you use for male dogs. Yeah. Wow. So you can actually use that. So you, you use the six month one first. And if that works, then you just give them it, give it to them every twelve months. Every twelve months, wow, we we should get the uh, the um, the makers of that stuff on and and have a talk about it. That'd be interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I mean, we could. Um, I, I could. I know. I know. Stu, he works at the, like the clinics that he works at, just down the road. So he might. Uh, you know, we, we yep. could try and get him on or. Something yeah, like yeah. That. Stu, Stu was in my year, definitely. Yeah, oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. and um. But yeah, we get him on, but also get the guys that make the implant on. Have a chat about that. That's some interesting stuff. So, so that's so I think that's some pretty, um, yeah, pretty pr- a pretty cool and um and novel way of trying to deal with a problem that we that we sort of see quite a bit. Um, male dogs. Yes. He was he, male dogs. He was saying that. Well, do you need to desex them? You know. Yes. Um, right. So, wow. so, so that's that thing of you know, do you need to do it? Could you just use the implants and not worry about desexing them? Um, or if you are going to desex them, well, do you just do the vasectomy so then that way they're not going to be able to reproduce, but they'll still then have the hormone protection? Or do you desex them and then still use the implants as a way of trying to protect them against the um, the the extra excessive hormones? Wow, we yeah. So wow. yeah, I, I worry about so, the behaviour stuff because I think desexing for me yes is is often the behaviour stuff more just urine marking is yes. probably one uh, roaming yep um, and I guess possibly humping as well are probably the mm. three things that potentially would be a reason nowadays to castrate a male dog. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was part of the reason why I wanted to get your, because while I was listening to the webinar and going, yeah, from uh, th- this is a, a someone who's worried about reproduction, you know, but not sort of, a, and that, that real much more sort of behavioral bent. Yeah. Um, um, but uh, yeah, yeah but, so it was interesting. But certainly I don't have a problem with not, not desexing dogs if you don't have those issues, you know, the, I, yeah, there's, there used to be all about, oh, you know, stops them being aggressive and stops all this, you know, aggression and fighting between dogs. And there's not a lot of really good data to say that castrating a dog will stop them from fighting or behaving in certain manners. It's really just those, just off the top of my head, probably, yeah, the, the urine marking, uh, the roaming, you know, uh, potentially, um, and then 
the, the humping and mounting, probably all the only testosterone things that I can think of. Absolutely. And, yeah. and part of the, part of the good thing about those implants too, is that you can actually use that on male dogs before they've been de-sexed and see what sort of an effect yeah, right. um, de-sexing your male dog would have, yeah. you know, because you're taking away the testosterone. So if you're thinking that um, a castration is going to be a panacea for whatever problems that you've got, um, you can use the implant and see, has that yeah. actually made a difference or not? I commonly recommend that. That is something I do recommend if they've got behavior problems and they want to know, is, will de-sexing help you? know we'll go yeah. well, let's try this implant certainly but uh so interesting that um the webinar mate must have been sponsored by the implant by the sounds of it um i i, I may or may not have shot the um the the <laughs> presenter Stu, Stu mason a uh, an email directly after it saying um Mate, uh, you must be the largest user of that particular implant yes. uh, in the Southern Hemisphere. And he said, yes, I am. I think that's why they asked me to do the talk. So, yes, yeah. I, I don't <laughs> doubt it, yeah. Because it's the sort of thing, I don't know about you, mate, but we'll order it in. We don't have it in stock, really. We don't use it that much. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And, and look, the, I guess the difficult thing for us and, and what's probably going to happen in, and I guess the take-home message for everyone, for all the listeners, is really going to be, as we always say, talk to your vet. Yeah. You know, your, your vet knows your situation i mean the other thing you know here we are saying um you know to de uh, to let your female dogs have one season that means your female dog's going to be um going to come into heat and it's going to be bleeding around your house you know yes um yeah you, know, you could be you've got to be careful walking them down the park at that stage because if you've got a male dog nearby yeah. then you know that's when two dogs love each other in that very special way and you might have some pretty interesting conversations with your kids, you know, while trying to work out why the why one dog's trying to attack your other dog, and but in a different way. Um, so, but, but been saying saying otherwise, uh, the Scandinavian countries they're massive on not desexing, like they, they I don't know illegal. Yeah, is it illegal? In, in, in one country, like, yeah, Stu was saying that in Norway or something, it was a, it's illegal right. to desex your dogs. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. oh yeah, no alteration allowed. Yeah, so yes. See, but the, and and they seem to. There's a lot of good evidence coming out of that. It's actually more beneficial potentially. Yes. So it's it's been um it, it, a thought provoking thing that we've really at this point where you kind of take it for granted. It's just one of those throwaway lines in your puppy consult where you go, yeah. all right, yeah, I've got a half an hour in my puppy consult. Um, you know, when do we do sex? Do it at six months, right? Go move yep. on. Now, now, now we'll start talking about feeding. You know, yeah, talk exactly. about worms. Yes. Um, and it's just not going to be that easy anymore. So what I'm doing, what I'm doing for, for clients now is basically saying, right, at six months, come back in and we will have a specific conversation on when we're going to de-sex your dog for what's going to be right for you and your dog. So that's what I'm saying to people now. Yeah. And a quick, uh, just off the cuff uh, uh, question without notice, what about uh, the females holding off them? What about the memory cancer sort of stuff? Is that, that a bit of a, a furphy these days? Uh, so while it's not necessarily a furphy, it's still there, but it's just how, how much of a risk is the risk, yeah. you know, is the thing that, yes, it, it's there, but then if you're talking about um, de-sexing them and then, um, and so it's not necessarily saying that you're not never going to de-sex them. It's more just a thing of, do you do it at what time? Yeah. Um, Cause if you're going to leave, if you're going to um, have these risks of the other cancers, well, what's the, what's the worst way to go, yeah. you know? So, and, and unfortunately there's no, there's no definitive answer on that. There's not a specific thing saying, right, if we de desex your dog on day 146 of life, well, that's the, that's yeah. the, the Goldilocks time, you know? So, so yeah, mammary cancers can happen. Uterine cancers can still happen. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's certainly going to be a watch this space sort of situation insofar as when to do it. So 
go and talk to your vet, find out what they're going to say. If your vet says, I oh, know we still desex everything at six months of age and you've got a small dog that might not necessarily be still the wrong advice, but if it's a big dog, it might be worthwhile having the conversation of, Oh, what are your thoughts on desexing them later if they're a larger breed dog? Um, and for any of you cat people out there, the news is pretty good. Desex them at six months. Right, perfect. Well Happy done. Happy days. Good Cats stuff. Cats are mate. still simple. Very good. Yeah. Simple, simple desexing. I don't think they're simple. No, everything else is complicated with cats, but desexing <laughs> yeah. is absolutely black and white. Good stuff, mate. Good stuff. Very well summarised. A difficult topic and a difficult area of, uh, for us these days with su such a change happening. Yeah. And, and if anyone's got any questions on the things we're talking about there, because you know, I was trying to yeah, skirt around different things, I'm sure it's for our listeners it will be thought-provoking, and particularly if they're thinking about when they're going to do it, um, shoot, us through a, um, shoot us through an email. Yeah, email us at twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. Find us on Patreon. Uh, you know, the, the Twitter, the TikTok. Um, don't worry about uh, expecting a message from Lewis on Saturday night because, uh, you know, he'll be, you know, tiger landing it there in his scarf. And are you going to get your face painted, mate? Have you, have you, oh, don't tell, don't tell me you've gone to Bunnings. You told me that you had to go to Bunnings yesterday. You didn't buy yellow paint and put a big yellow stripe down the back of uh, Olive, did you? You can't go to Bunnings. I tried. It wouldn't let me in. It wouldn't <laughs> let me in. I said, I said, it's urgent. I need some yellow and black paint. No, couldn't do it. <laughs> Couldn't do it. Mate, if you did that around Richmond, they'd let you in. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Hey, All right, as guys. of today, you can get there. Now you're allowed to go 25 kilometres. Woo! Oh, I know, some changes, haven't there? All righty, guys. Yeah. We'll scratch you later. Yeah, we're going to go watch the Vixens. Go the Vixens! Go the Storm. And oh, yeah, I guess go you're going to the Storm too. The Tides! Yeah. See you guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at vetbehaviorist and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.